This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the investing landscape with companies or firms focusing in and around on ESG has become a very important one focused on by a lot of people in the last decade. But it seems like there could be some issues for retail investors when they think about the impact of those investments. They want to make sure that the benefits are just as much focused on the profitability and not losing value at the expense of the efforts being made. New paper, uh, New paper written in part by uh, an assistant professor here at the Wharton School uh, tackles this topic. Christina Zhu is that assistant professor of accounting, and she joins us right now. Christina, pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you for your time. Hi, Dan. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. So uh, this has become such a, a popular area of focus around ESG investing Let's start with the the focus on doing this paper in the first place. What was it that that caught your attention and wanted you to do this paper? Yeah, I mean, you're correctly right. You're totally correct when you um, were talking about how ESG investing is just becoming this huge thing in the market right now. There's also, you know, as you might expect, a huge interest in ESG issues in the academic literature, but there's a lot of disagreement, right? So, People look at different settings, they use different methodologies, and we're trying to come in and say, let's take a step back and see what the average person trading in their personal portfolios really prefers. Do they value this information about ESG? Um, Do they care about ESG because of how it affects their investments in terms of the profitability of those investments? Or do they care because they're willing to sacrifice some wealth to save the environment? So we're right. taking a step back and saying, if we look at everyone's, um, you know, uh, people who are trading in their personal portfolios, can we can we try to aggregate that evidence that we have been seeing in the literature with experiments by seeing how people actually uh, behave when it comes to uh, large amounts of their wealth that are at stake? Um, another thing that really motivated us to look at retail investors, uh, it's a very timely topic. There's been a lot of debate a very political debate. There's been a regulation that's been proposed by the SEC about climate risk disclosure. And also, uh, as if you've been following what's been going on this year with the pension reforms, right, this is extremely, like, Biden used his first veto on the right. to protect ESG investing when it comes to um, pensions. And we want to look at retail investors and how they behave because those are that's the money that the pensions are uh, covering. So we want to see what the ultimate beneficial investors are doing with their money uh, to see if we could provide some evidence as academics that might be useful for policymakers in the future. Can you separate the mindset of the retail investor when you think about the three components that are in ESG, environmental, social, and governance? Uh, does the mindset change when you're talking about one compared to the other two as you move around? Yeah, that's a really good question because, you know, we look at E, S, and G all together in one paper because you know, those terms are always linked together in the literature. Sure. But it is true that, you know, G has always been around. I think it's the E and the S, right, environmental and social, that have become more and more important in recent years. Uh, But what we actually do in the paper is we do separate those types of events. So the advantage of our setting is that we can look at 
events that span multiple categories or one category, right? There's an environmental, like a company makes a green investment. That's very much an E-type event. Or a company has some labor relations issues, diversity issues. That's an S-type event. But a lot of those issues, those E and S issues, are also related to the governance. So what's uh, been going on a lot recently is that governance issues surrounding environmental and social issues have become more important. And when we do tease apart those types of uh, events in different categories, we find that, as you might expect, the governance types events, governance governance type events, uh, they they garner the greatest reactions from retail investors. So this is probably not so surprising, but it also means that governance of the environmental and social components of what's going on at a company are also becoming more and more important in recent years. Right. And a lot of the retail investors, while you know they obviously have great concerns about a lot of these issues, still want to see the overall performance of the firm be a positive one. You don't want to uh, you know, potentially lose because of the efforts around ESG, correct? Exactly. So this is, you know, maybe people would be willing to donate to a cause when it comes to their, you know, the money and their spending accounts. But when it comes to their trading portfolios, when they're looking at what companies to invest in, uh, what stocks to invest in, they don't seem to be wanting to sacrifice wealth. Now, that doesn't mean yeah. that they don't care about the environment, like I, like I mentioned. But when it comes to, um, like, climate risk, right, if climate risk is an important issue that's going to affect the company's stock price, then they do care about that because they care about stock price. So that's one of the perhaps surprising um, results in our paper. You know, it probably is surprising to about half of the U.S. and maybe not so surprising to the other half, given that this has become very political. But it is true. We don't find that they're willing to sacrifice wealth um, for environmental or social causes. And and it's also important because it seems like that the uh, the pattern that has been reported uh, in, in recent years over this uh, was that, uh, uh, that, that, you know, the investors were not as much concerned about that. They they were willing maybe to understand a little bit of the loss if it was going to improve environmental social of governance. And, and I think that's an important component here that, you know, the reporting may be in, the, in other, you know, parlance has kind of been off a little bit as well. Yeah, I mean, it certainly has gotten more important in recent years. And I was, you know, I was just discussing this with a colleague ex- yesterday about this term of dynamic materiality, right? So right. this is a new term that's come up, the idea that, you know, there are things that are financially material, and that's what the SEC in the U.S. can, can cover. And then there's other stuff like, you know, impact materiality, like the impact on the environment, which in the EU, you know, they can they can, uh, you know, disclosures can cover that, but here in the U.S. it's only about financial materiality. But now we have this thing, dynamic materiality, where the two are getting, you know, more and more intertwined in the sense that right. in recent years, right, climate risk can, it, the, the reason that the SEC is proposing these rules is that, like, these can become financially material if it's going to impact how a company operates, um, their profitability, right, their stock price in our case. Uh, then, then it is financially material, even if it is also material for the environment. So that's what we're really seeing in recent years, is that these are becoming um, more and more intertwined, I would say. So take us through how you went about this research, because I, I guess you had to 
uh, be able to kind of use a, a variety of different ESG related news events and to see the reaction of the retail investor to that news to be able to to aggregate this information. Yeah, so you know we focus on news events because they're salient, right? These are what retail investors are focused on. We see the news, we listen to the news um, almost every day. Uh, instead of looking at ESG ratings, for example, you know a lot of the literature has looked right. at how there's so much confusion over what ESG ratings even represent. There was even a FINRA survey saying that uh, they're surveying retail investors. And what they found was that only 24% of the retail investors could even define ESG. And a quarter, 25%, thought that ESG stood for earnings, stock, and growth. So we can't just go out and ask retail investors, hey, what do you think about ESG, right? So, so what we have is news events. And in our minds, retail investors, they do understand news events. So if we see how they react to a company making a green investment and they learn about it in the news, then in that sense, we can learn how they like whether or not they care about this environmental type news, even if they don't even know what ESG stands for. So right. we focus on news events for that reason. Also, it just you know news events cover a broad range of companies. We're able to leverage a large sample and also look at situations where the news event might reveal something positive for stock price, but negative for environmental or social causes, and vice versa. And in those cases, we can really tease out why retail investors care about these issues, and not just you know whether they care, but are they yeah. are they trading in the direction of the stock price movement, or are they trading in the direction of um, you know the environmental and social performance, which might might actually go in the opposite direction. You know, it's not always true that, like, what's good for the environment is good for stock price. Should this be that surprising that this is the outcome of the research? And I say that because, you know, as we've talked about uh, ESG investing on this show over the last several years, part of the, the, the thesis that I've kind of kind of fallen back on is the fact that this can be a profitable entity for a person or for a company to invest in. And I think that was the story, you know, early on that, well, you know, how do you how do you turn a positive profit on something around environmental or social or governance? The recognition that there are these paths to still have a profit off of these elements, I think is important uh, component to where all of this kind of focus around ESG investing is headed as we move forward. Yeah, that's that's really insightful, right? There there is a profit to be made on these types of issues and I would go even further and say one of the you know contributions of our paper is to show that because retail investors do value this type of information, perhaps there could be more of a profit to be made if there was more information about how these issues are affecting firms. So we're simply just using, you know, news events, right? But given yeah. the the climate right now, I well as a, as a pun, I guess, given the political climate right now um, about this climate risk, uh, climate risk issue in terms of climate risk disclosure, uh, there it is possible, right, that if companies are disclosing things in a standardized way, if they put these in their risk disclosures, uh, this could help retail investors and other investors understand and value companies in a more efficient way. So there are profit opportunities. But given that, uh, you know, currently 
a lot of companies don't disclose these types of issues. And maybe because in the past, like they might not have been financially material to the company. But if they are financially material to the company, then having more information about these types of things could could help could help people. Now, of course, we have to balance that with the cost of providing information and all of that. But you know, in general, what we're documenting is that if if people do care about this type of information, then more information could be better for their trading outcomes. How do you think then the 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 research that you've done with this paper and your colleagues, I should say, as well? Uh, yeah. could potentially have an impact in and around the the area of policy. Yeah, I mean, you know, as an academic, I I don't I hope that my research can be helpful for policy, but you know, I stop short of making policy recommendations because that's just completely outside of what I Fair do. Enough. But I hope, you know, um, you know, one one such thing is, you know, I'll just give you an example is because the SEC can only, you know, it's it's only able to make rules about things that would affect the functioning of capital markets, right? So, so on one side, people would say the SEC cannot make rules about these climate risk disclosures because such risk disclosures would not they, – they would not enhance the functioning of capital markets. Now, right. what we're providing is some academic research that, you know, we're not political in any, in any way in this research – that the SEC could then say, oh, you know, actually this could be a defense potentially, right? What, what we have found is there are numerous studies, you know, ours included, that have documented that people do trade on this information. And if people do trade on this information, then it becomes yeah. something that can affect the functioning of the capital markets. So I could see that potentially being used in rulemaking in the future, but of right. course, you know, I don't know that that's the way they would use it. And, you know, right. maybe the other side could also use it, right? Because, you know, what we're finding in the paper is that retail investors don't, uh, don't, aren't willing to sacrifice wealth. So in the end, you know, the, we have the research uh, here, but I think that there has been interest um, from people outside of academia, of course. And I could see in the future that, you know, it might be cited as one piece of evidence, you know, in, in, in the involve, evolving landscape of regulation. Great to uh, meet you, and thanks very much for your time, Christina. All the best. Thank you so much. Great to meet you, too. You got it. Christina Zhu, who is uh, Assistant Professor of Accounting here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.